Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, how's it going? Kyle Haywood here, and I am dropping a weekend episode for all of you where I will be going over my WNBA Mock Draft 1.0. That's right. I've been watching a ton of college basketball and, surprise, surprise, a little bit of a spoiler for later, uh, some international basketball as well, and taking a lot of notes on players that um, have declared for the draft or removed their name from the draft and and whatnot. And uh, I'm excited about today's episode. I'm really, really pumped, and I hope you guys are going to enjoy to hear uh, enjoy hearing my takes as far as how I see as of right now, February 26th, 2022, how this upcoming WNBA draft is going to go. All right. So again, a lot of things change. I wanted to do this as we were starting to finish up conference uh, regular season play um, before we had conference tournaments and head into March. I will be doing, obviously, some other additions, at least one more of these just prior to the actual draft itself, if not uh, another one in between those two. So um, prior to this, I've been making these episodes and basically ranking like the senior class. Like, here's my top five players from this senior class, or here's my top ten players of this senior class. And now that we're getting a little bit closer to the actual draft, we're starting to see players, you know, declare for the draft or, you know, let teams know, hey, no, I'm going to be coming back next year, things like that. And so um, I think that this is about the right time of year where we can start actually putting together an, uh, a really solid, um, at least have a, a pretty decent understanding of, of a mock draft situation here. Uh, but before I hop in and start giving my picks... I really would love to uh, just give a quick shout out to so many of you who are uh, so supportive to us all of the time. We've had a lot of different, um, you know, ratings and reviews coming through on the show. We really appreciate that. Um, I got to give a shout out right now to all of our listeners on Spotify. Uh, primarily, well over half of our listeners have have uh, tended to come from Apple Podcasts, so you know they're on iTunes and whatnot, but. Um, Spotify all of a sudden coming along strong and now we are less than half of our downloads coming from, uh, Apple podcasts and Spotify really starting to show up and show out there. So appreciate all of you who are listening on Spotify for those of you, uh, and you can leave a review there. You can tap that five-star review as well. We really would appreciate that. But before we get too much further, I want to give a shout out to two of our five-star written reviews that we've received on iTunes. The first one comes from Andrew uh, Leaker. Uh, I'm not, I apologize if I said your name wrong there, Andrew. But it's titled "Best Sports Best Sports Podcast Out There." This five-star review says, "This podcast should be the gold standard for sports podcasts. Every episode is engaging, informative, and informative, and full of excellent information." Uh, you are very kind, Andrew. We appreciate that. We do put a lot of effort into this, um, but we, uh, you know, to have us as the gold standard, that's, that's some high praise and and we, we do appreciate that. There are 
uh, that we, we still feel like we are still growing and developing as a podcast, but um, we have come a long way in the five years or so that we've been doing this podcast, so we appreciate that. Um, one other one is from MC Patters. This is five-star review is titled, A Must Listen for WNBA Fans. Uh, and they write, if it was just the funky intro, 7654, right? I'd love this pod. Please tell me how you came up with that. But the content is excellent. The interview with the financial uh, the financial guy was an eye-opener. That's a, sh- a call out to uh, David Barry, who we had on our show just a few episodes back. If you want to scroll down and listen to that, um, that was a fantastic uh, opportunity that we had to have him on the show again. We've had him on in the past, and it was great to have him on. Uh, my question, what can we do to get uh, Jim Rome and Hurd to stop ignoring the league? ESPN is starting to be better, is, is pretty good about it, but we have to get more talking heads to pay attention. Keep up your great work. Um, it's coming. It's coming. Just uh, stay the course. Um, and uh, women's basketball is starting to become absolutely um, impossible to ignore. And to be honest some of these individuals that we're going to be talking about today in this upcoming WNBA draft are a huge reason why. And so I, I can't uh, wait to get going on that. If you want to interact with us on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at WNBA nation pod. We also can be found on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash WNBA nation. We usually uh, live stream all of our episodes there. You can check us out and interact with us there. And, and that's an easy way to support us. If you happen to be subscribed to Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to our Twitch channel for absolutely free. Uh, doesn't cost you a dime and it sends a couple bucks our way. So uh, it's a way for you to be able to freely support the coverage of women's basketball. So we do appreciate all of uh, the Twitch love that we have over there. Um, let's get into this. Let's hop in and actually start talking about this uh, this draft. I'm actually going to tie each of these picks not only to the number of pick, but to the actual team. And I went a little more in depth this time as far as looking at team needs or team uh, personalities uh, or, or where I think that teams might be uh, maybe their their history of of players that have been successful for them as a franchise could influence if I had a couple play you know two or three players that were really close that I was looking at in in an uh, specific, for a specific pick for a specific team I you know I, I went really in depth into each of the team rosters and kind of where they're at and um, tried to make some de- uh, determinations there. Um, but let's go ahead and get started with our number one pick that is going to go with the Washington Mystics. And if you would have asked me a week or two ago to have this episode, I would have switched my number one picks. Um, but the last couple of weeks have been good to the Kentucky Wildcats and to Ryan Howard in particular. Um starting to turn things around here. So I think Washington is going to go with Ryan Howard for the number one overall pick. For the last two weeks, I moved Nalissa Smith up from number two up to number one, uh, simply because uh, Kentucky was looking like they were struggling. Howard seemed to be still putting up some pretty good numbers, but just wasn't being wasn't able to take over games in, in ways that she could and should. Um, she had a really strong showing against South Carolina, which ended up uh, in a nine-point loss for Kentucky. But since then, they've rattled off five straight Ws and are looking like they 
uh, are going to make the NCAA tournament, which uh, it was looking pretty shaky there uh, for for a few weeks. But it looks like they are going to be making the tournament as long as the wheels don't totally fall off these last few games of the season. So Ryan Howard, uh, here's the reason why she is still my number one uh, overall pick, and that is simply because um, she is a big guard that, uh, you know, she has some really great size for a guard. That's been a a really helpful element for a lot of successful guards in the WNBA. Not only that, but um, she is so comfortable with the ball in her hands uh, you know, when, when she's dribbling, shooting, passing, everything she does, it just looks easy. It looks natural. And so I think that, you know, getting into a WNBA uh, franchise, working alongside with teammates that are going to be uh, all significantly better than her Kentucky teammates, I think that she's going to be really, really able to flourish as a point guard. She's got a fantastic basketball IQ. She has a nose for the ball on defense. Um, she honestly, um, she's Chelsea, she's a faster version of Chelsea Gray and has a better shot. That's that's kind of where I, I I see that. So she's, she's really solid there. So I've got Ryan Howard as my number one overall pick. Uh, again, that could easily change. Uh, it's, it's still a razor thin margin between uh, Howard and Melissa Smith and B, but also um, again, taking into consideration team need, I do think that the Washington mystics, that Howard fits their roster and fits their team needs very well there. I think that being able to have Howard as kind of an incoming young generation of a, of a guard uh, in that, in that roster is going to be, uh, a really solid move for them. They've already got quite a few um, big bodies, uh, and so that's why I leaned with Howard going number one as opposed to Melissa Smith. So I bet you can't guess who uh, is going number two overall to Indiana, can you? <laughs> number two overall pick going to the Indiana Fever is Melissa Smith. Melissa Smith has done absolutely everything this season to secure her as a lock for the number one, number two spot. Um, And, uh, you know, she's currently averaging 21.2 points per game, 11, just over 11 rebounds per game as well. And uh, she, she isn't like a prolific block blocker. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't block a ton of shots, but she does play some really solid defense and is in positions um, to cause the other team you know, not that she gets a hand on the ball, but the way that she positions herself defensively um, can affect a lot of team the other team's shooting, and that's also why she's in uh, in place for so many uh, defensive rebounds. Um, she had 14 defensive rebounds uh, just the other day against Oklahoma State. So she's a fantastic player. Really excited to see um, what Nalissa can do uh, in the WNBA. Um, she actually, the way that she moves, I feel that she has a similar vibe. Uh, she's kind of like an Asia Wilson light right now. Um, she has a, she can move into space on offense. She has a real, um, just, just natural. She naturally finds herself, um, where her teammates can get her the ball. Um, and that helps her. She's, she's one of the best, um, 
she's one of the most efficient scorers in all of basketball right now. She's, uh, she's shooting 55% from the field, um, and her free throw shootings, uh, looking better and better as the season progresses. She's, she's now up to 77% from the line. Um, started out a little, uh, a little shakier than that. Um, previously but looking really strong right now Melissa Smith here's the thing whether Smith goes to Washington or Indiana she's going to be a mainstay in this league for a long time I think there was a lot of question marks about um you know the the last couple top prospects going into the league last year I don't have any question marks around Melissa Smith. I think she's going to come in and probably be an immediate contributor to whoever decides to take her, whether that's Washington or Indiana. Um, I don't see a, a circumstance where uh, we see like we had last year with Charlie Collier and Awakwir in Dallas where they both got drafted number one, number two, and then really didn't sniff the floor. So um, I don't see that being the case for either Howard or Smith here. I think that they're going to be immediate contributors, and I'm excited to see what they do. Um, there is a little bit of a gap. I feel like Smith and Howard, number one, number two, I think that's a lock at this point. I mean, even I mean, e- even a major injury to either of these players, I still think they go number one, number two overall. And uh, which makes the next few picks really interesting. I've gone back and forth and there's been a lot of moving up and down for my picks like three through 12. All right. I, I constantly am tweaking these picks a lot more than I am my number one, number two. Um, however, my number three pick is actually someone who I've had up at number three for a the majority of this season, I really, really like what I see from this player, and that is six foot five center out of Old Miss, Shakira Austin. Shakira Austin has a WNBA ready body. She's able to uh, not just her height, but the strength that she has. Um, she she moves really well. I like a lot from what we see um, from Shakira Austin. Um, if she wants to study some film, if I were her, I would do everything I could to become Sylvia Faust 2.0. I feel like she has the potential to do that. Um, she's an absolute rebounding machine. She's absolutely killing it on the rebounds. And, uh, um, although last game, she only, she only snagged five last game, but she, she rebounds very, very well. Um, and she's she's averaging a decent amount of points as well. She's not quite 15 points per game and just under 10 uh, rebounds per game um, for an Ole Miss squad. But um, she one thing that and I mentioned this in a previous episode, if you go back several months, she gets to the line a lot. She gets fouled a ton. In the last few games, she's shot four, three, four, seven, twelve, four. 10 free throws uh, in the last, you know, five games or so. She's she's shot a lot of free throws. She struggles from the line. If she can shore up her free throw shooting, she's going to be a really strong uh, contributor to uh, an Atlanta Dream squad who, frankly, could use, um, could use someone just like Shakira Austin. I think that uh, she fits well with Atlanta. Atlanta just lost Elizabeth Williams up to uh, Washington. So the Mystics have Elizabeth Williams now. So Atlanta's looking to 
you know, make sure that they've got a front court that uh, that can handle some of the other bigs that are going to be around in the league. And I think Shakira Austin uh, could be that answer. I'm not going to say she is the answer. It's it's a foregone conclusion. But she has that potential, and that's what you draft when you're drafting number three in this in this class in particular. You got to draft for potential, and Shakira Austin has it. Uh, moving on. This is where I finally will see a little variety, all right? So we'll see some changes with where I've had different players. Um, for number four, we've got the Dallas Wings are going to be picking, and I have them taking Ashley Jones, all right? Ashley Jones out of Iowa State. Uh, she's kind of a wing-type player um, and really does um, does a lot for Iowa State. She's a fantastic shooter. Um, she's able to, she's able to, you know, knock down a lot of threes and knock, knock down a lot of your outside shots. Um, she's shooting fairly well. Uh, she's not having like a, a lights out year from behind the arc, but a, a really respectable 38% from behind the arc. She, uh, she's solid from the line, uh, free throw line. She's shooting 87% there. Um, and just a, a strong overall, a strong overall contributor. She's averaging twenty, just over twenty points a game and nine point two rebounds per game, um, and that's as a wing. The fact that she can pop in and, and snag rebounds, you know, kind of slashing in from the wing, I think is a huge element of her game that really gets overlooked. When you talk about, when you hear other people breaking down. Um, Breaking down, you know, Ashley Jones and her career, a lot of times the rebounding element is maybe mentioned in passing. It's a strong part of her game. Um, very, uh, very, very strong rebounder. Has a, can, you know, see exactly where the ball is going to be coming off the rim and, um, and has some uh, pretty decent size for a wing. She's, uh, let's see, yeah, she's six foot one. But overall, I, I really like. Uh, what Jones has been doing her last few games, she's dropped 22, 28, 18, and 32 points. Um, you know, and, and so I, th- I really think that uh, Iowa State has an absolute gem in Ashley Jones. But uh, if you ask anybody there, they already are very aware <laughs> of, uh, of how she plays. So I've got Ashley Jones going in at number four in Dallas. And uh, I think that she's going to fit really well in that system. Fifth pick overall is the New York Liberty, and this is a newcomer to my list. This is a this is a newcomer, and I think that the Liberty are in the perfect position to take uh, to take this pick. Um, if this player does not go in the first four, I think that um, we're, <laughs> we're y'all are going to learn probably a a new name today. We've got uh, Sika Kone or or Kony, excuse me, Kony. Uh, Sika Kony is, she's been playing currently with Spar Gran Canaria out of the Spanish women's league. Um, she's 19 years old and she's already be, she's already been playing over there, uh, for the last, you know, little while. Um, she's officially becoming, you know, declaring for the league, uh, kind of similar to what we saw, um, out of Awak Queer, um, last season, you know, it's a young player, um, she plays for the Malian uh, national team and has been absolutely solid there. Uh, she, at the FIBA World Cup in Hungary for the U19 squad, she was named in the tournament's uh, top five players. Where she And she averaged in that tournament 19.7 points per game. 
and 14.8 rebounds throughout the tournament. So really, really strong player here. Um, she has a really um, – you wouldn't look at – the way that she is, is built and the way that she moves on the court – um, she's stronger and bigger than you would expect a 19-year-old to be. Um, really, really solid player. And uh, I think that New York is in a position where, you know, they've, they've locked down some, some pretty solid pieces. And they might be trying to sneak in and snag Coney uh, here that sh- this, this player, honestly, there's just not a ton out there. But that might be to New York's advantage that if they can pick her up at the at number five overall, um, I think could be a really awesome, awesome opportunity for them and be able to, you know, she she could be a huge, huge part of the WNBA in the future. Um, she, this is kind of like a, a high, uh, high ceiling really low floor, like a wide range. We just don't know because we don't see. Uh, we haven't seen her compete against, you know, the same level of competition that some of these other draft prospects have been playing against. So um, so it'll be interesting to see where she ends up going. Um, I think that de- that New York, where they're sitting right now, they're probably not a title contender, but um, in the next couple seasons, I know they're wanting to make that run. And uh, if they can just snag an absolute uh, diamond in the rough here, snag a gem out of this draft class, I think that this just me- might be that that kind of somewhat hidden gem uh, from the 2022 draft class. Let's move on to number six, Dallas. Dallas with their second pick in the first round. I had them taking Ashley Jones at number four. And at number six, I've got them taking Nas Hillman. The story behind the um, the story behind Michigan and what they've done with their women's college basketball this season has been uh, really, really impressive, you know, um, being, you know, top five, top, top 10, really strong and top five for a good chunk of the, of the season. They're 21 and four, or they were 21 and four overall. Um, what are they right now? I haven't even checked. They were 21 and four, um, at the last rankings when they came out. Hillman is honestly the start and finish of this Michigan, uh, of this Michigan squad. And, uh, you know, she's a six to six foot two forward, um, has played some really, really good minutes. She's averaging 21, uh, points per game, uh, nine rebounds per game. That seems to be like that range. Everybody on this list seems to be averaging like between 20 and 22 points per game and about nine rebounds per game. But that's where Hillman is, um, playing in some, a really, really strong big 10, uh, schedule. And, um, yeah, I think that she's a huge part of as to why Michigan has been as strong as they uh, as they are currently. Now, I did have uh, I did have her a little bit uh, higher up on my rankings um, previously. I had her I've had her as high as number four, but I, uh, I I think that I would at this point I might take Ashley Jones over her. But if you're Dallas. And New York really does take uh, Coney like I am hoping or as I'm projecting right now. Um, you'll get both Jones and Hillman. And I would be very happy as a Dallas Wings fan if that ended up being the case. So um, really like what we see out of Hillman. And uh, I think that I think that she's going to be able to find a, a, a good spot on a WNBA roster. 
All right, Indiana at number seven. Here's the thing, Indiana taking Alyssa Smith as a big. I really feel like Indiana right now, they have like one really strong all-star caliber player, and that's Kelsey Mitchell. They've got some other potential, like good pieces. They've got Tierra McCowan on the inside. They've got Daniel Robinson. Like they have some they have some some pretty solid pieces here and there. But shoring up that backcourt with the loss of Julie Allemond, you know, going to uh Going to Chicago, I think that, you know, trying to snag someone who's going to be a solid, uh, you know, backcourt general for you, I, I think Destiny Henderson just might be that piece. Um, Destiny Henderson's been playing for South Carolina, who has, uh, a, I guess you could call it like a WNBA light roster. You know, she's been playing with big time stars like Aaliyah Boston and others. And she's she's putting up um, some great numbers, but it's not even like her, it's not even her numbers that are impressive to me. Um, she's currently uh, just on the season. She has ninety six assists and forty eight turnovers. That's uh, right at that two to one ratio that every coach is dreaming of from a point guard and from their players. If their point guards can can get them a, t- a two assists to every turnover. Like you are just you're you're in the gold, right? You're making money right now, and that's where she's exactly at two to one ratio um, for assisted turnovers um, for this South Carolina squad. And she's not just a she's not just a distributor. She just dropped seventeen against Texas A and M and averaging eleven on the season. So um, a strong shooter, um, you know, forty four percent from the floor, thirty seven and a half percent from the three point line. Um, is you have to respect her offensive game um, while also recognizing that if you play up and key on her scoring too much, she's going to be able to get around and distribute. Um, I like Destiny Henderson a lot, and that's why I think if you are Indiana, you snag her at number seven if she isn't taken before then. So um, that would give you a, a really, really solid pick at in Melissa Smith at number two and then Destiny Henderson at number seven. Um, and if that's what Indiana comes out with in those first couple picks, I think that the fever um, are moving in the right direction. If that's what we end up seeing there. Number eight, Minnesota will be on the clock after Indiana and Minnesota, I think is the perfect, perfect destination for one Veronica Burton out of Northwestern. Um, and not just because Northwestern is, you know, somewhat close to Minnesota, but because Veronica Burton is an absolute beast on the basketball court. Um, she is, she's the type of player that can go for a triple double at any point, like literally could just could wake up and, and drop a triple double anytime. Um, and, uh, and she's been really, really close to it a couple times uh, throughout the season. So most notably against Michigan, who I just was raving about, uh, she was two rebounds away from a triple-double uh, against that really tough Michigan Wolverine squad uh, just a, about a week or two ago. So I really, really like um, what we see from Veronica Burton. I had her down at number 13 prior to the last few weeks, and I bumped her all the way up. Because I also think that she could be a, uh, I think she fits with what Minnesota has to offer right now. I think that Minnesota is pretty solid at a couple positions. Um, 
but I think that that Burton could be uh, Burton fits in with the roster. You know, she she is exactly the type of player that could be a plug in. Um, you know, come off the bench like a like a seven. If you if you're going seven deep, she might make that seven deep on this uh, Minnesota roster. And y'all know how I feel about Minnesota's roster right now; they're absolutely insane. So, um, I'm going to start to speed these up a little bit to kind of wrap up the the rest of the first round here. Uh, number nine, Los Angeles. I think that uh, if this player's available, I think Los Angeles could easily take Alyssa Kinane out of North Carolina State. Um, she is a six foot five senior there who's been uh, a really strong part of North Carolina State's success over the last several seasons. Uh, she's averaging 13 points per game, uh, not quite eight boards per game, um, but she's really efficient in her scoring. She's very efficient. She doesn't shoot a lot of threes, but she's shooting them at 41% on the season right now. So if she's got a three look and it's open, she's probably going to knock that down. She's scoring, uh, her field goal percentage is 50, oh, 52.3%, which is shy just, I think, of only Nalissa Smith on this on this list. Um, and it's not like NC State is, you know, some, you know, just little team that isn't isn't doing anything nc state's ranked number three in the country right now so she's the real deal um i know that some others have you know dropped her a little bit lower i still think that Alyssa canane could um could be could pan out to be a really strong WNBA player and uh, could carve out a nice uh a nice career in the league so i think that if you're la um, Kanane is a, uh, is a great option for you, uh, at this pick. So, uh, let's see, I've got coming up after Los Angeles is Indiana with their third first round draft pick of this, uh, of this draft. So they've got the number two, the number seven and the number 10. All right, Indiana, you've, you've snagged a, a really strong big, you've snagged a, a, a solid point guard at this point. Um, so why not go out and snag another another big body in six foot four Lorella Kubai? Um, she is playing absolutely great basketball for Georgia Tech. Uh, I think that she is the type of player who um, just the the way that she plays the game and her size alone is is going to be welcome in the. Uh, in the WNBA. I think that she fits that very, very well. She's had, she's not like a, a consistent scorer. That's probably her, her biggest knock and why she probably won't go much higher than where I have her at number 10. And that's because, you know, she might drop 22. She might drop one. And that's literally what has happened in the last four games she dropped 22 against Clemson and then uh, only had a single point at Florida State. So, you know, really, really struggled uh, in, in certain elements there. So the consistency is, isn't there for Kubai, but the potential of what she could do under the right management with the right team, with the right coach, um, could develop into a, a, a nice a nice player. So... Um, I think that she's a great backup, uh, I guess, security pick. If you've gotten Alyssa Smith and you're looking for another big body to potentially develop, 
Um, Kubai is a is a solid one that I think Indiana could should really be taking a, a strong look at. Number eleven overall, Las Vegas on the clock, and uh, another new name to this list. But that's simply because I was only talking about seniors. We're going to talk about Kirsten Bell out of Florida Gulf Coast. All right. Now, if you want to talk about someone who absolutely just fills the stat sheet, it's it's this player right here. It's Kirsten Bell. FGCU does not play, you know, the, the big dogs of college basketball very often. But when they do, Kirsten Bell shows up. When they played at LSU way back in November, she dropped 32 points and had 10 boards. Okay, like this is a solid, solid player. Thirty. She went. She had thirty-two and ten against LSU, which is a really strong, a really strong team. Now the rest of their of their schedule is not against you know the the big dogs of women of co- women's college basketball, but the one example that we do have, she showed out and and played very very well. So, uh, but since then, I mean, she's averaging twenty. 23.5 points per game, 7.7 rebounds per game. Um, really strong player here. Could fill the stat sheet. Great shooter. Fantastic shooter. Um, shooting nearly uh, shooting nearly 50% from the field. Um, so really solid there. And uh, I would love to see what Kirsten Bell could do in Las Vegas when the attention isn't 100% on her. We all know that players get... Uh, you know, if you're if you're playing against FGCU, you're going to key in big time on Bell, and um, I would love to see what she can do when she's not the focal point of the other team's defense, um, and is able to move a little freely uh, around on the offensive side of the ball. So, really excited. I think that Kirsten Bell is probably a first round draft pick, but I've got her going number eleven to Las Vegas. All right, rounding things out. This I actually had a really hard time coming up with my last pick, but I I think that I think that I'm I'm pretty happy with who I ended up landing on here. With the number twelve pick, I've got the Connecticut Sun taking Lexi Hull out of Stanford. Now it's incredible to me that Stanford is having the season that they're having. Um, and if you talk like draft pick and draft potential. For some reason, not a lot of their players get mentioned. Lexi Hull uh, is a really, really strong uh, player. She's a six foot one guard that can can shoot, can guard, can dribble, can pass. She she can do a lot of different things. She's kind of a, a utility type player, and she's a lot uh, physically she's a lot physically stronger than a lot of people give her credit for. You know, currently over her last couple games, she's dropped 11, 15, 14, 21, and 9 offensively while still keeping an average of 5.3 boards per game. She's not she's not a great distributor. She's probably going to be a little bit more on that um, shooting guard side of things. I don't know if she's going to be your primary ball handler point guard, but she could be a really solid like shooting guard type of player. Uh, for for someone in the league, she's shooting nearly forty percent from behind the arc, and uh, you know, and just just percentage wise across the board, solid solid player there. She's not. I don't think she's going to come in and be a, a like a difference maker, but she's a depth piece. She's someone that you put out on the court and isn't probably going to hurt you. And Connecticut 
is a perfect destination for someone like Lexi Hole, who can go in and kind of start to cut her teeth a little bit there in the league, you know, with some of the great mentorship and great uh, success that Connecticut has had over the last several seasons. So you want a team that, you, you know, you want to bring someone onto your team that knows how to win basketball games. Lexi Hole's been at Stanford and hard, no, there's, Hardly any teams in the country that win more basketball teams than uh, the Stanford Cardinal. So Stanford Cardinal, Cardinal. Sorry, I've been talking solo. This is what happens when I don't have a co-host to like, you know, uh, bounce off of, and I just talk straight for you know going on nearly forty minutes now. So that's what happens. Stanford Cardinal. There you go. Um, but I got Lexi Hill going on uh, at my number twelve pick for Connecticut. Now, here's a couple other players that I do think have first-round potential, but I think uh, the way that I I was seeing things at this moment in time, I've got them just missing out on the, on the first round, and these are probably early second-rounders for me. Um, that's Ray Burrell, Emily Angsler, Avina Westbrook, Kristen Williams, and Kayla Pointer. Um, all five of those players, it would not surprise me to see any of them or all of them end up in the first round of the WNBA draft. So I did want to give them some flowers there and just say, hey, you know, I, I, I'm not ignoring you. I didn't snub you. I easily could see you being in the top uh, in that first round. But um, this is my mock draft 1.0. We'll see what 2.0 has, uh, brings and, and where I see things then. All right, guys, Just uh, that, that's pretty much all I've got for you tonight. I do want to mention, uh, if you are, I've obviously been covering this 2022 draft class, I want to look ahead and, uh, and just make you aware uh, if you haven't, if, if you're a WNBA fan and you don't watch a ton of college ball, obviously a lot of these names that I'm mentioning to you, you're, you're probably going to be paying attention to come March. Here's some other ones that uh, where I currently see the top prospects for the next three draft picks or the next three drafts. The 2023 uh, is going to be the draft of Aaliyah Boston. It's going to be the Aaliyah Boston lottery. Every team in the WNBA wants Aaliyah Boston on their team. Guaranteed. There's not a single team out there. That's like, "Uh, I think she's overrated. No, Aaliyah Boston is a generational type basketball player. That's going to come in and have an impact um, probably very similar to uh, her fellow South Carolina alumnus, uh, Asia Wilson. So Aaliyah Boston, 2023 top prospect. 2024, it's really, it's it's a story of two players right there. Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers um, are, are kind of your one-two punch, and I don't know which one's one and which one's two at this point, but they're your one-two punch uh, for that 2024 draft class. Um, and I'm excited to see what each of them can bring to the table in the WNBA. And it, I know that Boston's getting a lot of media. Beckers and Clark also getting a lot of media. You know who's not getting enough media is Anissa Morrow, and that's out of and she's out of DePaul, um, an absolute incredible player. Okay, an absolutely incredible player. I believe she's currently on a 22 game streak of getting a double double in 22 straight games like that's insane everybody's losing their mind and deservedly so because Aaliyah Boston's doing it at South Carolina but I'm telling you right now as a freshman Anissa Morrow at DePaul 22 straight double doubles she's averaging 20 uh 20.4 points per game 13.8 rebounds per game um and oh and by the way she's shooting over 51 percent from the floor Anissa Morrow is the future of basketball. 
uh, and I'm excited to see um, what uh, you know how her career pans out there at DePaul, and and I'm I'm stoked to see where uh, where she's eventually going to end up here in the WNBA because uh, that that can't come soon enough. I'm excited to see what she can do in the league. Everybody, thank you for listening in to me rambling, uh, I hope somewhat coherently, uh, about how I see the 2022 WNBA draft uh, panning out. Uh, if you've got comments or questions, hit us up on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod, or you can follow me individually on Twitter. That's at Haywood underscore Kyle. Um, you can hit me up there. And uh, I'd love to hear your takes. Um, I know that you and I are probably don't have the exact same top 12 or the, the, our, you know, our, we think the first round's going to go different. I'm cool with that. Uh, you know, hit us up, send me a DM, uh, tweet us, let me know what your, how you see the, the first round going. Who did I really miss out on that you, or who do I have too high? Who do I have too low? I want to hear your thoughts. I've spent a ton of time watching a lot of film on these players and this is just my vibe, um, for where I see things going right now, but I would love to hear from you and, uh, and be able to discuss this. So, uh, that's all I've got for you tonight. Thanks again, everyone for listening. For WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood, and we got you next time.